Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Diving Board Podcast. I am your host, Jill, and thank you so much for joining me for our weekly pop culture deep dive. I am so excited to be here. I have just had the busiest week of my life, so I apologize for the delay on this episode. This has been a whirlwind of a week. A very big life milestone happened to me this week, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, I'm a little superstitious, so I won't completely announce it until maybe a week or so when everything is finalized, but this week has just been an absolute blur. I mean, great things, but just totally busy and kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting this to happen this week. So really, really exciting things happening this week, but honestly, I'm even more excited to be in front of this microphone doing our weekly diving board episode. It just brings me so much joy. And when I was thinking this week, okay, what should the topic of this week's episode be? You guys really helped me decide because last week I had kind of posted kind of half joking and kind of putting out feelers uh, on the diving board podcast Instagram story, a reel about that old show next. And that was on MTV. And I said, should I do a deep dive of next? And you guys responded (laughs) so energetically saying, yes, yes, you have to do a deep dive of that. And I right then and there, I was like, okay, I have found my people because (laughs) I'm super interested in old MTV shows, but I never know if you guys are. So I'm so happy to know that you guys are because I just have so much fun with them. And a next deep dive is definitely coming. I have to figure out how I'm going to outline that, but it's definitely coming because that will be hilarious. So I thought, okay, if we're going to be deep diving old MTV reality shows here on the Diving Board Podcast, we have to start from the very beginning. You know, in the words of Maria Von Trapp, start from the very beginning, a very good place to start. And I thought this was a really good way to kick off deep diving into old MTV reality shows. And this particular topic has been on my list since the beginning of Diving Board, but I never knew when it would make sense to introduce it. And I think now is just the perfect time because this show really was one of the OGs, you know, one of the original iconic reality shows from our childhood. And it was really one of the first MTV reality shows and kind of helped pave the way of a genre of reality television. So super nostalgic. I'm really excited to dive in. And on that note, without further ado, I want you to get ready and continue to ponder that age-old question of, is it chicken or is it fish? This is the deep dive of newlyweds, Nick and Jessica. So as you know, this is the Diving Board Podcast. We always take it from the very top. What is newlyweds, Nick and Jessica? Well, newlyweds was a reality show featuring Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. The show debuted on MTV in the summer of 2003, and it chronicled the newly married life of pop star Jessica Simpson and 98 Degrees boy bander Nick Lachey. And you might be asking yourself, how did Jessica and Nick even meet? So let's take it from the top with that. Uh, Jessica and Nick, they met at a Christmas parade in New York City in 1998. And they both say when they first met each other, they were instantly attracted and enamored to each with each other. And Nick says that entire night he kept scanning the crowd, trying to find Jessica to get another glimpse of her. And Jessica said when she went home that night, she immediately looked up Nick Lachey. And you know how they used to do those boy band profiles? She started looking at his and she's like, I learned his favorite color, his favorite food, his favorite movie, everything about him. So they were super, super into each other. But because they were so busy all throughout 1999, they were both touring, they really didn't get a chance to hang out that much. So they would call each other on tour. They would get to know each other through the phone, the old fashioned way like we used to do. And uh, they truly went public with their relationship in the year 2000. And Nick and Jessica, I mean, they were really the classic 
pop star boy bander couple. So people were already really interested in them and the media really liked to write about them. And they were also, they were very public about their relationship from the jump. I mean, they kind of hit the ground running. Jessica had actually recruited Nick to sing a duet with her on a song on her album called Where You Are. Do you guys remember that song? It was on Jessica Simpson's like first or second album, and it was on the soundtrack of that movie Here on Earth with Chris Klein. Oh my God. Whatever happened to him? Like We need to do a deep dive on whatever happened to Chris Klein. But it was... They were very well known that they were dating. They liked to do projects together, and it was just obvious that they were a couple. Like Brittany and Justin, they were definitely more private about their relationship, but Nick and Jessica definitely put themselves out there. And after a brief breakup in 2001, the pair reconciled, and by February 2002, Nick had proposed. Now, you might be thinking, whoa, like this actually moved kind of fast because you know Jessica was very young. Jessica was only 21 years old when Nick had proposed. But here's the thing. Back then, the public was very fascinated about this because Jessica was very, very open about the fact that she was going to wait until marriage to sleep with Nick. And for some reason... And I forgot about this until I started writing my notes. In the early 2000s, like the media and the general public were like weirdly very obsessed with people's virginity. <laughs> and that might sound absurd, but like it that's how people were. Like they constantly asked Jessica Simpson if she was still a virgin. And I remember she used to wear a promise ring, and that was a whole big thing. And I remember they would always ask. Britney Spears about it like when are you gonna lose your virginity and she would say oh the man I marry and like the Jonas Brothers remember they were really open about being virgins until they were married and they would wear the promise rings that is so weird to think about like why did people care when these people (laughs) were going to lose their virginity I don't know that was a thing in the early 2000s that I never Looking back, I just, I think it's so insane. Like, could you imagine what's a really young star today? Like, I don't know, like Charlie D'Amelio and someone asking her about her virginity. That is so weird. <laughs> like, But they would openly do that back then. I'm, I'm glad things have changed. And like I said, Jessica was super, super young when she got married. She was only 22 and Nick was 29. So they were about seven and a half years apart. That's a very big age difference from 22 to 29. Maybe like as you get older, that age difference doesn't matter as much, but at those ages, it's quite noticeable. And her dad, Joe Simpson, was actually her manager at the time. And he was very adamant about them not getting married. He kept saying, wait, you don't have to get married. You don't have to do this. And kept telling Jessica not to do it. But Jessica, she was ready to tie the knot and she knew she wanted Nick to be her husband. And by October 2002, the couple had married and it was mere months after that they had you know, gotten married that they had been approached to do newlyweds and they signed on. Before I get into the ins and outs of the show, though, I want to talk about the origins of the show and reality TV in general, because if I am an expert in any topic in this world, it is reality television. I really think that I should get an honorary PhD or an honorary doctorate in reality television because I know a lot and I've spent many, 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 many years researching. So (laughs) let's get into it. Um, Anyway, around the time Newlyweds premiered, the reality TV genre, I mean, it was still technically in its infancy. You know, of course, we had reality shows here and there since the 70s that they introduced the concept of reality television, but nothing had really taken off and stuck till the kind of early 90s, early 2000s. I mean, our really steadfast reality shows at the time, which were not kind of blips on the radar, they had multiple seasons and we kept seeing them, were... We only really had two 
core shows, reality shows. And that was The Real World and that was The Bachelor. Um, the Surreal Life had just debuted in 2003. Do you guys remember that show? It was like the old B-list celebrities or D-list celebrities would all get into a house with each other. It was basically the real world, but with like D-list celebrities. I love that show. It still holds up. I watched it, gosh, maybe, maybe it was in quarantine on YouTube and it's still so funny. I love that show. We also had the Anna Nicole Smith show at the time, but I mean, reality TV was really, really gaining its footing. Most of our reality television at the time was more kind of documentary in nature, like MTV's like true life. And I mean, I think it goes without saying I was obsessed with that show. Oh my gosh. Should I do deep dives of iconic episodes of true life? Because... (laughs) There are so many, and I would love to do it. Just let me know. Please just say the word. I'm begging you. Um, But honestly, we really didn't get an inside look into celebrities' lives like we do today. I mean, we follow them on Instagram. We watch their stories. We get to see their everyday lives. That's not how it was back then. And one way we got to know more about our favorite celebrities was through MTV Cribs. And MTV Cribs, in case you're too young, MTV Cribs was a show where you would go and celebrities would show off their homes. And it was a big thing. People loved to show off the inside of their refrigerators. That was just our thing. We loved MTV Cribs. And we got to see where celebrities lived and how they lived. And one of the most successful episodes of MTV Cribs was when Ozzy Osbourne was on and he showed his house and we got to know his family in that episode. And people were so enamored with the Osbourne family that MTV was like, okay, we need to do a reality show revolving around their family and their life. And again, I think it goes without saying, I was absolutely obsessed with that show. And I've been trying to find it, but I can only find like really low resolution clips on YouTube. And I honestly might start a diving board petition to get these old MTV shows on streaming because I am grasping at straws and watching these really, really grainy looks like it was filmed on a calculator videos on YouTube. And I mean, I take what I can get, but if we can get them on streaming, let's do it. So after the success of the Osbournes, MTV was looking for its next big hit and they were thinking, okay, reality TV and these shows might be here to stay because people were interested in it. And a producer actually thought about Nick and Jessica and she thought, okay, they really could be the 21st century Lucy and Ricky. Let's try it out. Let's see if we can make this a hit. And it's interesting because as I was doing this deep dive and doing my research, I read somewhere that the original concept of newlyweds was actually first intended in 1994 for Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie Presley. Like, could you imagine that would have been so groundbreaking the fact that we could have gotten a show like this in 1994 especially for probably one of the most enigma celebrity couples out there michael jackson and lisa marie presley if we could have seen that reality television show chronicling them oh my god i that would have been absolutely insane but unsurprisingly uh lisa marie and michael they passed on the project And the idea sat, you know, just collecting dust in an MTV back room for eight years. And and so they revived the idea for Nick and Jessica, and the show premiered on August 19th, 2003. That is three days after my 12th birthday. So... Do you feel old yet? Because I sure do. I, I feel like this show came out like five years ago, and then I was like, I was 12, and now I'm 30. So it's it's crazy. Time flies. Um, now, before the show, Nick and Jessica, they were famous. I They were definitely famous. We knew who they were. But I wouldn't consider them A-listers or household names before the show. I consider someone being a household name, like if my parents know who they are, like if they're talked about so much that people who aren't really even into pop culture still know who they are. And my mom and dad didn't know who Nick Lachey was or Jessica Simpson. They were kind of like the B team for their respective categories. Like if we're talking about 
pop stars. And I'm not talking about, you know, like Janet Jackson or Mariah Carey or Celine Dion or anyone like that. I'm talking about the very specific genre of pop music, like the bubblegum pop. And who definitely led the pack was Britney Spears. She was definitely at the very top. And then it went Christina Aguilera. And then in third place, I would say it kind of was a tie between Jessica Simpson and maybe Mandy Moore. They definitely, Jessica was not at the top. And neither was Nick in his respective categories because he was in a boy band. And if we're talking boy bands, you know, we've got Backstreet Boys, we've got NSYNC. I was more of an NSYNC gal and I would love to have kept them at the top, but this is a diving board podcast. We do our research and I want it to be accurate and unbiased. And the Backstreet Boys actually did sell more albums. So Backstreet Boys is at the top. And then in sync, and then we kind of had our lower tier boy bands, which we still loved, but they were not as popular as those two. And that's where 98 Degrees landed. You know, we had 98 Degrees, we had O Town, we had my personal favorite, Soul Decision. Oh my gosh, I still listen to that song, Faded, or Ooh, It's Kind of Crazy. Both of those songs are so good, they still hold up. And We also had Together. Do you guys remember Together? (laughs) I mean, we are really opening up the vault here, but that is where those kind of boy bands landed, kind of in that pack. Now, 98 Degrees, they were popular, but they weren't at the top of the heap by any means. Like, Like, I have a challenge for you. Besides the Lachey brothers, name one other 98 Degrees member. Like, you can't. And if you can, you win a lifetime supply of my respect, because honestly, that is very, very impressive to me. But I am going to go out on a limb and say that 95% of you guys who are listening cannot name another 98 Degrees member if it's not Nick or Drew Lachey. Comment in the in on the Diving Board Pod uh, Instagram if you can, because I, I would love to know. But like I said, they were stars, they were definitely famous, but the show really put them on the map and made them A-listers, made them household names. The first episode of the show was called Chicken of the Sea, and as you probably remember, Jessica is sitting on the couch, she's watching TV with Nick, and she's eating a bowl of tuna because she had prepared the tuna because she was currently on the Atkins diet, because this is very 2003. We did not call low-carb diets keto then, we called them Atkins. So she was eating her low-carb meal and eating a bowl of tuna, and she turns to Nick, and she asks the iconic question, is this chicken that I have, or is this fish? I know it's tuna, but it's called chicken of the sea. Is that stupid? And America collectively answered, yes. Yes, Jessica. Yes, that is stupid. And with that, the dumb blonde trope of the 2000s was born. And this particular question, weirdly looking back, and like we were so just like easy to please back then. We were so pure because this question took the world by storm. I remember in school, these girls would wear shirts that said chicken or fish on it. It was on stickers. It was everywhere. People were obsessed with this. And that was like how we shared our memes back then because we didn't have Facebook or Instagram or whatever to post memes on. We literally wore them on shirts and school supplies. And it's like, it was a different time, okay? And I miss it. And audiences, they they really ate this up. And they loved that Jessica didn't know how to do her laundry. And there was, you know, Nick in the corner shaking his head in disgust. Uh, Jessica didn't know how to cook. She didn't really know how to drive. She didn't know how to clean. She didn't know how to make her bed. She really did not know how to do anything. And it's interesting when I watch back the show, Nick seemed so annoyed by Jessica because he talks about how they never lived together before they were married because Obviously, she was saving herself, so they never moved in with each other. So he was kind of learning 
all of her annoying quirks now. And they talk about how Jessica was so sloppy and Nick was such a clean freak and a perfectionist. So they really did kind of see seem like the odd couple. And I've been re-watching the show for this episode, kind of like to research for this episode. And it blew me away how long Nick and Jessica would go without seeing each other because obviously they're celebrities and they're booked and they go times without being together. And Nick wouldn't even bother like calling Jessica. And she would say like, why haven't you called me? You know, why haven't you done this? And he was like, what am I supposed to wait around so that I can talk to you on the phone for 10 minutes? And it's like, yeah, you guys are married. Why wouldn't you wait to to call your wife if she has 10 minutes out of the day? It just was it just was weird while rewatching the show. You kind of understand more of the dynamic and them not lasting is not as big of a surprise as I've gotten older. And you could tell they really wanted to edit the show where Nick was this mature man and Jessica was kind of like the annoying young bride because like I said Jessica was 22 and Nick was 29 and as someone who has been both of those ages like I said it is a massive difference I think if I met my 22 year old self at 30 years old now I would hate myself so (laughs) like it's it's very different you evolve a lot through those times so they were at two very very different points in their life And like I said, I revisited this show so that I would have a full foundation for this episode. And the way they edit it, they edit it in a way where Jessica is just like hopelessly in love with Nick and Nick consistently seems over it. Like, and I'm just thinking like, these are only people who've been married for a couple months and you've been waiting to sleep with this woman for years. Like you should be over the moon. I just like, they, it just did not seem that way. Like there was an episode where they're both promoting their albums and Jessica is in New York and Nick is in LA kind of doing interviews. They're both doing interviews, promoting the albums that going to, that they're going to release. And It's interesting how they edited it. Like they obviously wanted to be funny where it would cut to Jessica talking to an interviewer and she was like, the album's full of love songs. I'm so in love. I'm a newlywed. And then it would cut to Nick talking to a radio host. She can't even clean up after herself. She doesn't even know how to do her laundry. She doesn't even know how to load the dishwasher. And then it cuts back to Jessica. I'm just so happy to be a newlywed. I'm so in love with him. Cuts back to Nick. God, she's so annoying. It's just like she doesn't know how to clean anything. It's just it's just crazy learning about someone when you get married. And just how they edit that, it's like, okay, now we're, we're setting the groundwork of Jessica is the annoying one and Nick is the settled one. And it's interesting because in that same episode, we have Jessica, she's out doing press and there's a cut where she's in the car and she's like, I have to call Nick. And she calls him on, you know, that flip phone. And she says, Nick is going to get nervous if I don't call him and he's probably worried about me. And the phone goes straight to voicemail because Nick is out judging a bikini competition at a strip club. So we definitely have laid the storyline of the relationship. And like I said, I was in such shock as a kid that they got divorced. But when I'm watching this as a 30-year-old woman, it's it's odd. It's, it's very odd. It's interesting because when I revisit old shows, I always wonder, okay, do they still hold up? Is it still interesting to me? And a lot of these old reality shows still do. They are still my comfort television to this day. And I do enjoy watching Newlyweds because it is fun because it's a really a time capsule into the early 2000s and just the way of life in the early 2000s. Like Jessica's always in her juicy couture tracksuit. She's constantly carrying around the Takashi Murakami Louis Vuitton, which we love. And, you know, she's struggling to get the battery back into her flip phone. And I know a lot of young kids today, and I see you guys in the analytics, so I know you're listening, are really into 2000s culture, early 2000s, which I don't blame you. It was an amazing time. And if you want to know truly about life in the early 2000s, watch these shows because that is really how it was, just what they're wearing and what we're doing. It is it is fun to revisit. 
And I also love the format of these old reality shows, which they really were like a sitcom. Like there was no set storyline. There's no cliffhangers. There's no drama. It was just fun TV and just watching them do random things. And it was put together in such a fun way and how they would edit stuff. I miss that. I would love to have a show like that today where there's just no drama, no fighting, no to be continued. We just wrap it all up in 20 minutes. I am so ready to bring that format back. If any reality television producers or showrunners are listening, I am ready and willing to jump at any moment to produce my reality show working name Chill with Jill, where it's just my adventures throughout the city of Chicago and beyond. Let's do it. I am ready. I will be waiting for your call. As we talk about, does the show still hold up? Maybe I'm just past the target demographic for this show. I'm sure they wanted the teenagers and the early 20s demographic for the show. So I might be past it. But the whole kind of stupid routine is just not funny to me. Like it's honestly extremely annoying and just not entertaining. And I am not against that kind of like ditzy, fun girl character. I mean, I did an entire episode on The Girls Next Door, and you know I absolutely love that show. And I love Kendra on the show, and like I said in that episode, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. But Kendra on the show, she was definitely more of the airhead ditz, but she really plays herself. Like, she's kind of really young, and she's unsophisticated, and her version of kind of being ditzy is asking Roberto Cavalli if he's ever eaten dinner at the Olive Garden. Like, that's funny. Like, someone is at dinner with Roberto Cavalli and asking, have you ever been to the Olive Garden? Like, we love to see that. That is why we watch reality television. That's hilarious. But Jessica Simpson saying that she won't eat buffalo wings because she doesn't eat buffalo meat and she didn't know buffaloes had wings. (sighs) I can't. <laughs> Maybe it is funny. I don't know. I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm laughing at the absurdity of it because watching the show, and I've rewatched pretty much the entire show because there's only like 40 episodes and they're 20 minutes long. So leaving it on in the background, you can get through it pretty quickly. Watching the show, like I can tell she's trying so hard and pretending so much to be stupid. And it's just too much and it's so obvious and it's not fun. And I was watching one episode where she's walking with her assistant, Casey Cobb, remember Casey? And they're in like a lobby of a hotel carrying all these shopping bags and Jessica like pretends to trip and falls flat on her face. And the trip is so forced. Like there's a video of me at Disney World as a kid and I just like wanted my dad to video me so bad. I mean, I'm one of four kids and I'm the middle child. So I really, really was in desperate need for attention. And I remember whenever I'd want him to video me, I would pretend to trip so that <laughs> so that he would film me. So I know, I know the pretend to trip routine for camera time. Trust me. So I could definitely um, see this. And it was really cringe because she just wanted the gag. She just wanted the laugh. And girl, do it better. At least practice. So I don't know, stuff like that. It just, it was cringy. And, you know, every conversation Jessica's having, she's asking the dumbest questions. And and we all have moments like that where we're asking questions where someone might think, wow, the question you're asking is so obvious and why don't you know this? But we don't know everything in the world. So we're all going to ask, I guess, seemingly dumb questions. But you could tell she was forcing this so, so bad. And I don't know, it's just not fun when you can tell someone is really pretending to be stupid. And like I said, maybe I'm old now, but it kind of makes me sad that this was like the blueprint for young girls. Like I said, I was 12 when this first aired. So middle school, seventh grade, really, really formative years. And this was the role model for young girls that you had to be dumb and you had to be ditzy 
to be perceived as funny or cute or whatever. And I remember girls in middle school and in high school, they would do this. They would pretend that they were stupid. And I knew that they were smart because I would, I knew them and I knew that they were not dumb by any means, but they would act really, really stupid, particularly around boys. And it worked like these guys were into them. They were popular and that kind of reiterated that I can't act like I'm smart. I have to act like I'm stupid to get people to like me. I'm really glad now that this pretending to be dumb thing isn't in fashion anymore and that women are allowed to be smart and they're encouraged to be smart and they're encouraged to be the boss and a more commanding figure and we have different role models and business women and you know women in politics that we can look up to and i think that's great because jessica simpson is a very successful businesswoman now like she is so smart and she'll admit that she was playing a character and it's a bummer that this is kind of what put her on the map because i think it showed a lot of young girls that you had to pretend to be dumb to be likable so i will step off that soapbox but like i said i'm these shows they give you a glimpse into the culture of the early 2000s but they also give you a glimpse into how society was and how it's it's much much different now like this was a very very long time ago so on that note thank you for coming to my ted talk um <laughs> Um, but Nick was also playing a character too. MTV wanted to make it seem like he was this crazy romantic guy. He was doing these grandiose gestures for Jessica. MTV had actually arranged an anniversary episode where Nick takes Jessica out to New York City, the carriage ride, super romantic. They had a really romantic dinner. He had had their wedding cake replicated and they were just going to you know celebrate in a huge way their first anniversary and mtv had put this all together and he seems so romantic on the show and jessica is talking to him and she asks nick to play their first song that they danced to at their wedding and he couldn't think of it like he could not remember their first song. And Jessica said that Nick was great at doing what MTV had asked him to do, but anytime he had to go off script, he floundered and he could not improvise or ad lib. And it's interesting because I'm going to get on another soapbox here. I mean, this honestly reminds me of what a lot of us deal with on social media and particularly Instagram of it's a total false reality. Like we see this guy who is doing all of these amazing gestures for his wife and they're broadcasting it, they're filming it to celebrate their anniversary. And women will watch this and think, wow, you know, why can't my husband be like this? What's wrong with me? Why is my husband not doing stuff like this? And we see stuff like this on Instagram, but the same guy who is doing all of these grandiose gestures, he can't remember the song that they danced to for their first song at their wedding, that happened a year ago. So it's interesting. I mean, a lot of times things aren't as they seem. So you have to kind of look past all of that because like I said, it's a, it's a false reality and a lot of it is produced. So on that note, we're gonna put uh, that soap box away as well. Um, we'll pull it out for a later time. Uh, like I said, though, Jessica, she really was the breakout star of the show. She was she was in on the joke, even though she played the dumb blonde routine. She knew how to use it to her advantage and she knew people were laughing and she was laughing all the way to the bank. You know, she got an endorsement deal with Pizza Hut. She promoted their Buffalo Chicken Pizza. She redid the jingle for Chicken of the Sea Tuna. I mean, brands were coming left and right for endorsement deals, but they only wanted Jessica. Rolling Stone had called um, them to feature both Nick and Jessica on the cover. And Nick was super excited. He was like, this is the pinnacle of fame. We've made it. But then Joe Simpson called Jessica and was like, oh, by the way, Rolling Stone only wants you. So at the end of the day, I mean, when Nick would get booked for events, they would want him to be with Jessica as well. 
but they wanted Jessica without Nick. And it was ironic because Nick was trying really hard at this point of of his career to pursue a solo career outside of 98 Degrees. And now that he got out of 98 Degrees, he was tethered to Jessica now. So there really wasn't a solo career for Nick Lachey. And this was a major shift in their previous relationship dynamic because since Jessica was so much younger than Nick, Nick really was the industry veteran and and Jessica really looked to, uh, to Nick for advice and Nick was her mentor through all of this. But now Jessica was becoming the superstar and he was kind of now the tag along. And this definitely is where kind of the strain began in their relationship because there was such a big shift from their previous dynamic of years before. And in 2003, Jessica released the album In This Skin and it was overall, when it was first released, it was overall a commercial flop. It only sold 64,000 copies its first week. And for those of you who really only experienced streaming music and were too young to really buy physical copies of CDs, in comparison, Britney Spears's Oops, I Did It Again sold 1.3 million copies in its first week. So that is a very, very big difference. So really was a pretty much a flop when it first came out. And and I just have to lay it on the line. And you guys can totally come for me. I totally welcome other opinions. But I'm not surprised that this album didn't do that well when it was first released because Jessica Simpson's music is just not that good. It's just not. I, I think Ashley Simpson has many better songs than Jessica. Jessica has like a few good songs and several albums. I just... I've just never been that impressed with Jessica Simpson's music. I'm sorry. It, it, you guys can disagree, please. I welcome other people's opinion, but I just, I just don't think it's that good. But after the success of the show and there was a building fan base for Jessica Simpson, her label, and this was actually a brilliant idea, re-released the In This Skin album and added the single With You, remember that song? And um, the album wound up selling 2.4 million copies within the year. So that was a totally brilliant move. And really, that was the best selling album that Jessica ever had. And that same year, Nick released his first album, Solo, like S-O-U-L-O, Solo, which this is my my podcast is called Diving Board. So obviously I love a play on words, but Solo, it's kind of lame. And everyone kind of agreed because it sold 28,000 copies its first week, and it really was just a commercial failure. But Jessica, at this time, I mean, she was doing her thing. She had many new businesses. Remember, she had that like that body line called dessert. Like you could put the lotion on or the body spray, and then if you licked yourself, it was edible. Like it tasted like candy or something. And I honestly feel like, and I know that business didn't go over very well, but I feel like it just wasn't marketed correctly because that idea is kind of ahead of its time. I feel like if, you know, maybe Candy Burris from Bedroom Candy from The Real Houses of Atlanta, her sex toy line, I think that would do so well. Kind of, you know, the edible body butter or whatever. I think I think that idea it peaked too soon and we should revisit it. She also had that hairline with Ken Pavis. She was really succeeding on her own. And this definitely, like I said, shifted the power dynamic where Jessica used to be the adoring girlfriend to Nick and looked up to everything he said and hung on his every word. And now she really was the top dog in the couple by far. But that's not the same. I mean, the couple together, they were superstars. It wasn't just all about Jessica. Nick and Jessica together were a big force. They were on the cover of every magazine. I remember having that Teen People magazine with them on the cover, and Jessica had the I Heart Nick shirt. They hosted SNL. They had that Nick and Jessica variety hour. Remember that? 
that feels like a fever dream, but it was there, you know. They were on tour, they were singing Christmas songs together. They were truly reaching superstar status. And it was a big storyline in the show that the couple couldn't even go outside without paparazzi chasing them. And now everyone has a camera on their phone. So paparazzi isn't as big as it was back then. But back then, it was insane. Just swarming people constantly by them. It was it was obnoxious. And I'm glad it's not like that anymore because it is really, really scary. And Nick and Jessica definitely were the paparazzi's target for a lot of the early 2000s. And they talk about it in the show, like that the paparazzi is always surrounding them. There's fans screaming when they go out to dinner. And they say they're like, it's a lot different than how it used to be. And they truly just couldn't go outside without having a ton of attention. But because of this amazing success, Jessica and Nick, they were spending less and less time together because like they sometimes would go weeks without seeing each other because they both had different projects. And especially Jessica was being called to do all of these gigs. And Nick was never that great at calling Jessica when she was on the road. I mean, we talk about that. It was shown in an episode, but Jessica talks about it herself that Nick would not call her very much. And she said when they were together, she would accuse Nick of kind of having a wandering eye. I mean, Nick is really cute. She said women would come up to him all the time and this would cause them to get into really explosive fights. And Jessica said they weren't the couple who would scream at each other and have these explosive fights and then have passionate makeup sex afterwards. Like she said, they'd scream at each other and Nick would leave to go to the strip club or leave for a few days to go to Miami or Las Vegas with his friends and not pick up his phone the entire time. Like, could you imagine Like your husband is really hot and really famous and you guys get into a fight and he leaves to go to Miami with his friends and doesn't pick up your calls, Miami or Las Vegas, and you know where he is and he's not answering you. I would be waiting at LAX for him to get off that plane ready to Lorena Bobbitt his ass. Like it would be done. Like that is insane and especially your early 2000s jessica simpson like you could get any guy you wanted but you have to deal with this like celebrity reality it's just it's so crazy to me like this is their lives but i could not believe that she would put up with that because one time that happened it would be it would be curtains it would be deuces i'm hopping in that mercedes with my takashi murakami louis vuitton bag And we're kissing your ass goodbye. But by late 2004, Nick and Jessica, they were starting to get over doing the show. Like they knew that it was going to be harder and harder to fake to the viewers that they were this perfect couple and that they weren't having problems. I mean, Jessica's career continued to take off and she was chosen to play Daisy Duke in the Dukes of Hazzard. And even though this movie completely flopped, this was a, this was massive for Jessica because it was the first major film role for her. And she was really establishing herself as the sex symbol of her time, not just the pop singer, but the actress and the model. And people were really, really into Jessica. And Dukes of Hazard was also a major turning point in the relationship with Nick and Jessica because on set is when Jessica met Johnny Knoxville. And Jessica and Johnny, they had instant chemistry. And it wasn't long before they started kind of walking the line of having an affair. And Jessica said she wasn't really talking to Nick. He wasn't calling. And she said she purposely wasn't calling. So it was kind of those games you're playing, especially weirdly with your husband. And Johnny was, she said, was one of the first people who really listened to her. And he taught her about culture and books and movies and music. And Jessica said, you know, she finally felt seen. She said, she said Johnny wouldn't roll his eyes at her if she would say something that was on her mind. And you know, she was going out to bars every night. She was having fun. She was having that college experience that she never had. And she just always just enjoyed being with Johnny and being away from Nick. 
And Jessica insists that she never got physical with Johnny, but she said that they definitely had an emotional affair. And honestly, sometimes an emotional affair is even worse than a physical one. I mean, any kind of affair is horrible, but emotional honestly kind of hurts worse than physical because you're really feeling strong emotions for this person. And she said that they wrote each other love notes and she missed him when he wasn't around. She said that they really were like prison pen pals and they were trapped in their respective marriages because Johnny was married too. It's like, you guys. And she liked that Johnny, he believed in her. He would actually sit and listen to her. And she said that Nick never made her feel that way. She said the only other man who made her feel important was her dad, Joe Simpson, which is so sad because this is the guy you married and he never made you feel that way. So that's when she knew there were some major cracks forming in their marriage. And quick side note, as speaking of Johnny Knoxville, as I was researching this, Bam Margera claimed that he had hooked up with Jessica in 2005, which... I mean, it's Bam Margera. I'm not sure if that's true. It's not the most reliable source, but I just thought that was like a crazy connection. Just like how many Jackass members are going to come into this? It's just wild. But by Christmas of 2004, Nick and Jessica, they were really at their breaking point of their marriage. And Nick kept telling Jessica that she had changed, which yes, I mean, that's what you do when you go through your 20s. You're evolving so much with each passing year. I mean, each year you feel like a different person in your 20s. And Nick and Jessica had a seven and a half year age difference. So he's 30. He's gone through his entire 20s and she's evolving every single year. Yeah. When you marry someone so young, you are going to see the evolving version of them. And that's kind of what happened. No, she's not going to be the same person you knew when she was 21. That You know how this goes. There are two totally different times in each other's lives. And Jessica, I mean, she was achieving her dreams and she was evolving so much as a woman. And Nick really couldn't handle this. And Jessica began withdrawing more and more from the marriage. As they were filming season three, the last season, I mean, you could tell that producers and Nick and Jessica, I mean, they were really grasping at straws to get footage. Nick was doing a lot of stuff on his own. Jessica was doing a lot of stuff on her own. And it really just was kind of a lost season of just random footage that they pulled together. And the last season premiered in January 2005 and wrapped that March. Jessica said it was really difficult to adjust to married life without the cameras. And they were afraid to argue in their house because they were in fear of just cameras everywhere. Even though that they were gone and filming had stopped, they had still become accustomed to not having any privacy because there were cameras everywhere. And by May of 2005, Jessica and Nick were still arguing all the time. And the couple, they began going to marriage counseling. And Nick told the marriage counselor, he said Jessica was too young, didn't know how to communicate, which, yes, I mean, dude, you knew what you were getting into. You married someone in their very early 20s. So I don't know why this was such a surprise. And Jessica said she was ready to get out of that marriage, but since she was so religious, she's a pastor's daughter, she didn't even think divorce was an option. She really wanted to make this work. And Nick stopped showing up to the marriage counseling sessions, and Jessica just continued to withdraw more and more from the marriage. Jessica was at a time in her life where she really, really wanted her freedom, which I totally get. I mean, it's hard to be in a committed relationship at that age. And I know a lot of people do it successfully, but personally, like I really needed my freedom for a very long time. So I totally, absolutely get that. And Nick was becoming more and more dismissive of her. In October, 2005, Jessica went on a volunteer trip to Kenya and she was gone for several weeks and she didn't speak at all to Nick. She said like she had a really, really great time on her own and kind of learned that she wanted this freedom and that she could do well independently. And by the time she got home in November, Nick and her continued to argue and she finally worked up the courage to just kind of say, I'm ready for this to be over. And she asked him for a divorce. 
And Nick says he was absolutely, totally blindsided. But Jessica says, I don't understand why he was blindsided because we weren't even speaking at the time. So he had to have known it wasn't going over very well. And he asked Jessica, just sleep on it. Don't make a rash decision. But she woke up the next day and she told him, maybe it's it's a good time to announce our separation. And that's when Nick said, okay, that's when I realized this is real and she really wants to do this. But he didn't want to end the relationship. And he flew out to her. He tried to talk to her parents and he said, now I want to go to counseling. Now I want to make the change. Now I really, really want to work on this. Of course, that happens a lot when you finally work up the courage to pull the trigger to end a relationship and then all of a sudden they want to make all the changes. It's just a tale as old as time for real. And Jessica told him, you know, I'm going to continue to change. She was only what, 24, 25 at the time. And she said, you know, this is, I'm not going to be the same girl that you married. I'm not going to be the same girl today, next year. And the following year, I'm going to constantly evolve. And you either evolve with me and work with me as we're changing or you don't. And Nick broke down. And I think that was the final straw for him because I feel like Nick really liked that timid girl who was adoring to him. And now we have this powerhouse who is an independent woman and she's really, really successful. And I feel like Nick had a really, really hard time adjusting to that. And Nick actually blames newlyweds for the demise of their relationship, but Jessica does not agree. She said when they were doing newlyweds, they were having so much fun. She said that was really the happiest time. And she was like, this was bound to happen. And you know, you can watch newlyweds and you know this was going to happen. Like they were so opposite. They were at such different times in their lives. Nick was constantly annoyed with Jessica. He was doing this. It was seen in the show. He was going to the strip clubs. He was going out with his friends. This We could all see this coming a mile away. I didn't see it when I was 12, 13. I was devastated. But now, as an adult, it's, it's pretty obvious that this relationship was, was not going the distance. And by December 16th, 2005, the couple officially filed for divorce, citing the classic irreconcilable differences. And by February 2006, Nick released his single, What's Left of Me. And this was actually oddly about his divorce before it even happened. So, I mean, Nick, he had to have known it was coming. Like, he had to have known that there was trouble. Because if you listen to What's Left of Me, it's a breakup song. And he wrote it before they even broke up. So he knew. He knew. I don't. I refuse to believe he was blindsided. Like, come on. You are not going to get past any of us here on the Diving Board Podcast. Even though this happened like 15 years ago, we are still, we, we have a bone to pick. And ironically, um, Vanessa Manillo from TRL, she was in the What's Left of Me video. So very ironic that his now wife was in the breakup video and she was supposed to play Jessica. So just crazy how it all works out in Hollyweird. But Nick was definitely using the divorce to market this album and he was doing tell-alls. He was crying about his divorce. He actually did a documentary about the making of the album and he mentioned in it that he still considers the door still open to get back with Jessica and he wanted to work things out. So, and Jessica says she watched this documentary when it came out and this was the spring of 2006. And could you imagine watching that and how hard that would be like seeing it on television? That would be like the equivalent of like your ex-boyfriend going on Instagram live and saying all that. I would be shook to my very core. And Jessica was like when she watched this, she said that she was like, oh, my gosh, all these feelings started uh, rushing back. So this was April of 2006. And she called him and she said, hey, like, come over. Let's talk. And she said, like, he came over. They were talking. He played some songs off his new album. And she said a lot of them were about breaking up. So 
He knew, like I said, that it was coming. But because they were together that one time and all the feelings are coming back, Jessica slept with Nick for one last time in April 2006. And she said immediately when she did that, she knew she had made the right decision and the spark wasn't there anymore and the emotions weren't there anymore. And she said when he walked out that door, she just knew she would never see him again. And, but you know, I admittedly, I have been there. I'm sure a lot of us have been there. Sometimes you need that last hurrah and you're just like, it's over. And that was Jessica and Nick. She knew that it was going to be done. And their divorce honestly was very messy. Nick fought with Joe Simpson for months on how much money that Jessica should give him. Because like I said, Jessica was the success of this relationship. She was the one who was booked and busy. And Jessica wound up paying Nick Lachey $12 million in their divorce, which is probably... I'm just going to lay it on the line. The biggest paycheck Nick has ever seen and will ever see is that $12 million from the divorce. And this probably goes without saying, but we are very, very, very big advocates for prenups here on the Diving Board Podcast. People protect your assets. You do not want to get into this type of situation. But like Nick Lachey, that's just... So insane to me that he would do that. Like, that's not your money. She worked hard for it. Sorry that Solo didn't do well. I could have told you that. But their divorce was officially finalized in June 2006, and Nick was already publicly dating his now wife, Vanessa. Jessica actually said she was really hurt by how quickly Nick had moved on, especially since he was playing the victim so much. But I mean... He did not waste any time moving on. And Jessica began moving on with a few different people. She dated John Mayer. She dated Tony Romo. And eventually she married her now husband, Eric Johnson, who's a football player. And and Nick and Jessica, they both have three kids in their respective marriages. And they look happy. They've honestly, they've moved on. They're doing great things. Jessica has a really successful fashion business. I mean, that's done over a billion dollars in sales. Super impressive. She released a book in 2020 called Open Book, and she talks about her struggles with alcoholism and just her childhood. And it's really, really interesting. It's a it's a good read. I actually listened to it at work this week at two times speed so that I could um, get some info for you guys. And it actually is very good. She actually seems like a really cool woman. I learned a lot about her and I have a lot of respect for her. She she talks about her journey to sobriety and we support that here on the Diving Board Podcast. That is very impressive and not easy. So shout out to Jessica Simpson. She is doing amazing things. You know, Nick Lachey, he is hosting Love is Blind with his wife, Vanessa. And you know what? I just had a thought. Nick Lachey is truly successful when he has a woman by his side, when he has his wife. That's when Nick Lachey is the most marketable. You know, so shout out to Nick Lachey. I'm happy that him and Vanessa are so happy together and their marriage is so successful because Nick continues to book gigs, so that's good. Um, that's great. You know, we we like people to be booked and blessed. But at the end, of, but at the end of the day, Jessica and Nick they have moved on. They have great lives. They wish each other well. I mean, could you imagine having to just continue to talk about your ex from fifteen years ago and have to talk about it publicly? And there is a girl, a thirty-year-old woman sitting in her studio apartment doing a podcast about your marriage from 20 years ago. I mean, (laughs) but that's why we listen to the diving board podcast, right? We just, we love digging up old stuff. Okay. That is why we're here. And that's what makes it interesting. But that is the story of newlyweds, Nick and Jessica. Yo, this was such a fun walk down memory lane, because like I said, this show was such a big moment at the time and a big moment in all of our childhoods. And like I said, it's a much different show watching it as an adult. The dynamics are interesting and I'm not sure if the the show still holds up. 
but fun to revisit and you know see how life was years ago and it's always nostalgic so I'm glad we kind of have these moving picture books to kind of see moments in pop culture so I am so excited to continue to deep dive MTV reality shows we are going to get into it and I truly cannot wait so if you enjoyed this episode and you learned something, I would be so grateful if you could rate me five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you are so inclined, I would be immensely grateful if you could write me a review on Apple Podcasts. That just motivates more people to listen to the podcast and join our diving party here on the deep end. And if you want to keep up with the podcast, please, I would love if you could follow me on at Diving Board Pod on Instagram, and that is B-O-R-E-D. I would love to have you join our family over on the Instagram. And of course, please feel free to send me any ideas you have for deep dives. I am always ready to dive in to something fun with you guys. So- So again, thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing weekend and I will see you all next week. Take care, everyone.